Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Jesus' fame had spread far and wide. He was the rising political figure of his day. Those that opposed him felt as though they were backed into a corner. How could they win against someone who just raised another person from the dead? He did this only a week earlier as things continued to uh, speed towards monumental glory. John recalled the crowd that had been with Jesus when he raised Lazarus from the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to bear witness. And their witness had great effect on the people gathered at Jerusalem for the Passover feast. The people glorified him with the praises of man. On the Sunday that we honor as Palm Sunday, the large crowd that had come to the feast heard that Jesus was indeed coming to Jerusalem. So they took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him, crying out, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the King of Israel. All the people were expecting Jesus to come to Jerusalem to reign. They thought, if he can raise people from the dead, there is no end to what he can give us. He will deliver us from our enemies, and once again we will be a nation to be reckoned with, just like the days of old. So, the people heaped upon Jesus praise upon praise. I'm sorry, I just caught a glimpse of somebody waving their branch. Even some people that were not of the people of Israel were excited. John recalled among those who went up to worship at the feast were some Greeks. And they asked to see Jesus. Jesus was a rising star and all the people wanted to honor and praise him. To give him their glory. Yet, in the crowd there were some who wanted the very glory that the people were giving to Jesus. And they were filled with envy. And they said to one another, You see, you are gaining nothing. The whole world is going after him. Jesus was a rising star. And the people, some of the people wanted the glory that was given to him. If a person was in Jesus' shoes, I imagine, if they're anything like me, they would want to try and keep those praises coming. The people glorified him. Imagine if the people glorified you. You know what it's like to have people like you. And I imagine you can call, recall a time where someone or some group of people disliked you. We want to be liked. And we love it when someone gives us praise. Whether it's a, for a small thing or a large thing. We love to be appreciated by other people. 
And sometimes, sometimes like the Pharisees, we have been jealous when someone is appreciated or glorified more than we are. There can be jealousy, and a lot of times it's seen in little children. There can be jealousy among siblings when a parent says good job to one and not to the other. There can be jealousy among fellow employees, classmates. There can even be jealousy in the church. There is something inside of us that desires the glory that comes from man. Jesus, for his part, though, did not entrust himself to the people. Jesus knew all people and needed no one to bear witness to him about man, for he himself knew what was in man. Jesus knew that the praise that comes from man, it's of no account. Man is fickle, and they tend to glorify those that benefit the desires of their flesh. So, knowing man, Jesus did not try to keep the praises of man by telling them what they wanted to hear. No, Jesus told the people what they needed to hear, and he kept in mind the glory that comes from God alone. He did this even though he knew that by the end of the week, the same people that glorified him shouting Hosanna in the highest would be calling for his death by Friday. When the Greeks wanted to speak to Jesus, Jesus was not flattered. He answered, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Jesus revealed his mission to those who sought his earthly glory, noting that his glory would be known in his death, in his burial, which would in the end bear the fruit of life for all who would one day believe in him. His glory was not in the love of his life. He said whoever loves his life loses it. Whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. This was not the message that the people wanted to hear. They wanted someone who would bring them earthly security. After all, the Romans were taxing them beyond belief. They had no idea if a Roman soldier would come by, demand their food and their drink for themselves, and leave them with nothing. Day after day, they lacked earthly security, and they were hoping that Jesus was going to bring it back. But here, Jesus is talking about tossing aside the things of this world for the eternal weight of glory that comes from knowing God. Jesus came to go to the place that sin deserved. 
He would fulfill all the commandments that we daily failed to keep. Here, he was here to love the Father with all of his heart, with all of his mind, with all of his soul. And he was here to love us, not so much his neighbors, but to love us, his enemies, as he loved himself. Jesus' walk with the Father was leading him to lay aside the praises of man for the glory of God. His will, it was set on saving man from their sin. He was here to give them mercy when they deserved punishment. More than that, he was here to give them grace. That is, eternal life with him in heaven. This sacrificial love, this is the glory of God. And this glory of God would cause Jesus great anguish and pain. It was not like being praised by man in the moment. No, it looked beyond those praises for something even greater. Jesus continued, Now is my soul troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this purpose, I have come to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Jesus would not turn back. He's not like you and I. When the things get difficult, we do everything that we possibly can to stop the pain. If we lose favor with others, we do everything we can, or at least we are tempted to do everything we can to gain back the favor of other people. Sometimes we have gone against God's commands. Sometimes we've even done that to gain back favor with others. Yes, at times, like the enemies of Jesus, we have loved the glory that comes from man more than the glory that comes from God. And after a voice from heaven thundered, confirming the pleasure of the heavenly Father with his Son, Jesus said, This voice has come for your sake, not mine. Now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be cast out. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all people to myself. By the end of the week, Jesus would lay himself down on the cross that he and a man named Simon carried to Golgotha. Jesus would lay his arms down upon the cross and spread them open wide without a fight as his enemies, that is, all mankind, nailed those outstretched arms to the wood. And with his arms open wide, the judgment of Satan would be accomplished as he was lifted up. 
With Jesus' death, the enemy would be crushed. And yet, this terrible judgment on death, the devil, yes, even our own sinful nature, it is at the same time the open arms of God to all who would receive him. To all who are drawn to the Father in repentance for the forgiveness of sins, they go to God through these open arms. This death would be the judgment of our enemies at the same time it is our very salvation. This cross is for us and for all who believe the light that shines in the darkness. It is the light that the darkness has not overcome. Yes, during Holy Week, we see the King, the one through whom all things were made, all things in heaven and earth, all that is, all that is to come, all things were and are being made through this King. And on the Sunday we remember as Palm Sunday, this King comes into the heart of His creation. On Sunday, the people shouted praises, cheering His name. But when they found out that the King was not here to do their bidding, their shouts of hosannas turned to cries for his death. The king was undeterred, for he was here to do his father's will. He had come to make a people out of the enemies of God. More than that, he came to make children of God out of those who deserved death by his hand. And as we nailed him to the tree, he cried out to the Father for the forgiveness that his death alone would earn for us. As we remember these events this Holy Week, I pray that we would be changed by the proclamation of our King's work for us. I pray that his obedience would set us free to walk with him that his love for the Father, his love for us, would transform us into the people that love, that, that loves others as our King first loved us. And that in the end, his love for us would be the most important thing to us. I pray that the Holy Spirit would create in us clean hearts that value the glory that comes from God more than the glory that comes from man. That is, that we would value our King's work for us on the cross more than we evaluate or more than we value the praises that come from other people. For in a world where everything 
everything, including the praises of man, pass away, our Lord alone brings us the peace and the life that we truly need. And now may the peace that surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus until he returns for you. Amen.